0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Living Hope Church in Skokie, Illinois, featuring the preaching of Pastor Daniel Mann. For more information about our church, please visit us online at www.livinghopechicago.com. We trust that today's message will encourage you in your relationship with God. God has been incredibly good to us in 2015, as you're about to find out. Amazingly good. Uh, in so many ways. And I, I'm excited to share these things with you. Today's going to be a, a little unusual. Uh, I'm going to read a passage and make a few comments, but really the, the whole, the service is going to be me talking about what God's done. And we're just going to be a brag on Jesus time a little bit from, uh, from, from this whole year, uh, a lot of different things. So look at Psalm 105, verse one, Psalm 105, verse one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make "...known his deeds among the people." Well, that's what we're going to do in a minute. We're going to make known. I'm going to tell you what you probably already know, maybe some things you don't know, making known the deeds, the actions, the work that God has done in 2015. Verse 2, "...we've been doing this, but sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore." Then notice verse 5, remember. It's good from time to time to remember. You don't want to live your life always looking through the rearview mirror because you won't make any forward progress if all you're doing is remembering. Look right here for just a second. I know a lot of churches that are dying. They are dying. They're dying on the vine right now. And the reason they're dying is because they're always looking in the rearview mirror. Well, we used to do it this way we used to do it like that. We used to have this many people. We used to have this going on. We used to have that happening, and everything is used to, used to, used to. It's life in the rearview mirror, folks. You, if you got on, I think some people do this. In fact, as crazy as they drive on nine ninety four, if you drive on nine ninety four and you're just looking to the rearview mirror the whole time, you'll be causing chaos. You're not going to stay in the road very long. And you have got to keep those eyes looking forward, and that's what Paul said. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Letting go of those things which are behind, right, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I think that's a, that's a verse a lot of churches need to adopt as their new mission, to say, I don't know what all's happened in the past, some it's good, some it's bad, but, but, but we're going to let go of that. We're going to remember it, but we're going to let go of that and move on to, the, to, to forward thinking. Now, what we want to do briefly today is look back and remember Because what we're going to do in two weeks on Vision Sunday is we're going to look forward. We're going to be pressing toward the mark to say, well, what God did in 2015, thank God for it. But there's more that he wants to do in 2016. If that wasn't the case, he'd just call us all home. He's left us here for a reason. So there's more he wants us to do through his power in 2016. But I think in order for us to really have the new year that God wants us to have, we need to take a little bit of time to look back and see what he's done. You know what this is going to do? I was talking to Melissa. I really wish she could be here today. But really what happens, when you take a look back, and when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, what God's done, I, I hope what it does, what I believe it will do, is it's going to inspire faith in you to trust him more for 2016. To say, if he could do that then, then, then we can believe him for the things that he's calling us to do in greater faith in 2016. So look at verse 5 again. 105, Psalm 105, 5. Remember his marvelous works that he has done. It's very biblical what we're doing today his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. We're going to make known his deeds. We're going to talk of his wondrous works. We're going to remember his marvelous works uh, today. That's the purpose of Rejoice Sunday. And when we come to the end of this, what we're going to do is we're going to rejoice. We're going to give him thanks and praise, and we're going to close the service by singing one more song at the end. You may get out a little bit early today. Don't say miracles never happen. Um, Let's talk about attendance. Some of you are pretty new to our church, uh, and um, but let's talk about attendance. In, in 2014, our church averaged. oh Let me back up. Let me back up to where only the Hammonds would know. Uh, in 2013, our our church started September 2013. Okay, uh, so a little over two years ago. Uh, in, in off 2013, from September 2013 to December 2013, we averaged ten. No, excuse me. Uh, yeah, ten people. 10 people per church service, about 10 people. Uh, so that means some we'd average 7, some maybe 12, a lot of weeks 9, and 8, 10. But we averaged 10 in 2013. In 2014, our average Sunday morning worship attendance was 18. And in 2015, we nearly doubled that in average. And that in, in the average Sunday attendance in 2015 is 32 people. That is a, a 77% increase in average attendance for our church now you you, you don't understand how remarkable that is uh, for any church now granted it's a lot easier to nearly double attendance when you go from 18 to 32 than it is when you're running 300 to 600 (laughs) but if you did any type of research you would find that most churches decline in attendance they don't increase in attendance that's unfortunate it's, it's not <clears throat> normal for churches to nearly double in attendance, even small churches. It wouldn't have been a failure of a year if we hadn't gone from 18 to 32. But what I do want to say is rejoice because God's adding to his church. And although this is unusual and it's not the normal that happens, I believe he could do that again in 2016. And I say, let's believe him for that. To, I've never been one to, 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 to focus on numbers in the sense of like, okay, let's have a goal of how many we want to have at this or how many we want to average. <coughs> I think it's better to have work goals than it is to have number goals. Like, for instance, like, like for Easter, I think it's better not to say, okay, I'd like to have 75 people for our Easter service. You know what I think is a better plan? I, I, let's try to pass out 2,000. Tracks and invitations. Let's try to do a mailing to this many people. Let's try to have this many people fasting and praying for this service. Those are somewhat of, of, of labor goals or work goals that we can trust the Lord for. We're not putting like a specific number out there. Um, because what if God wants to exceed that number? What if we say, okay, let's go over 75 and God says that your faith's not big enough. I want more than that. So then we, we, we pray for work goals. That's kind of a, a, a Kind of a, a step in the wrong direction what I'm going at here. But what I'm saying is is that <clears throat> it could be that next year we don't nearly double in attendance. It would make next year a failure. What I am saying, though, is that God's able to do it. And let's keep moving forward and pressing forward and praying and reaching out and believing God to see how he wants to build and grow his church and make more disciples. Because that's ultimately the purpose of it. It's not just to have more people in the room. The purpose of it is that there be more disciples who are glorifying and honoring the name of Jesus. Sunday attendance from 18 to 32. Wednesday attendance. In 2014, our average attendance was nine people on Wednesday for our growth group. Average attendance in 2015 was 13 people, which is a 44% increase in attendance. This is what blows me away. This next number absolutely blows me away. In, in 2015, when we're talking about first-time guests that came to some service at Living Hope, that means a, a Sunday church service or a Wednesday church service. That in the course of 2015, we've had 131 first-time guests come to our church for some service or another. Now, some of those are family members. That uh, came for a baptism, like for instance, um, Edith brought like twenty family members when she got <laughs> baptized in June. Okay, we had uh, our, our highest attended Sunday uh, was 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 fifty nine people on uh, March first when Joe and Sal and Tom and Naomi and Miss Blanca and Alice were baptized. When six people were baptized, we had fifty nine people uh, for that service. It's the biggest attendance we've ever had, and I would say about I think about. How many do I... Hey, come on in, Buddy, you want to come join us? You guys can come have a seat in here if you'd like. So on, on March 1st, there was probably about 20 to 25 of those were visitors that day family members, family members and so forth. Uh, but still, it wasn't all that, because what I've noticed, and, and, and really think about this this is amazing. There's 52 Sundays out of the year. Only four only fifteen of those fifty-two Sundays did we not have a first-time guest at our church. That's remarkable. That was remarkable. That 37 out of the 52 Sundays, there was at least one person sitting in our church service for the very first time. Now, some of those they may have come on Wednesday, because I do count guests on Wednesday, obviously, too. So some of those they came on Wednesday for the first time. Um, but you know what that tells me? <clears throat> That tells me that a couple things, but mainly it tells me that you and I uh, need to be stewards of these guests that God is sending, because that's a precious, precious thing. When God sends a guest to to a church that he wants us first to preach the gospel to, and I need to be a good steward of this word to make sure when they come here, they hear Jesus. They need to hear Jesus. And then secondly, they need to see the love of Jesus through you and I. Uh, They need to leave here saying, man, those are some of the sweetest things kindest people in the world. There was something special about them. They offered me coffee. They, they tried to help me find a seat. They made sure I had a bulletin. Uh, they, they, they shook my hand when I left. They told me where the restrooms were at uh, because we're stewarding guests. Because you know what? A lot of churches, they have a guest come. Nobody talks to them, shakes their hand. They sit in the back and they leave. You know what they say? I'm not gonna, never going back there again. I'm not going there. No one even talked to me. You know what happens in some churches? <laughs> a guest comes, sits down, and the person says, you're in my seat. Did you get the memo? Like, I would come unglued, folks. You would, no, I'm kidding. You, you would see, like, Wrath of Pastor Dayton. No, I'm kidding. But, but that, that, that does happen. Unfortunately, that happens in, in some churches. Here are my seat. I just see your name on it. Now, wow, right? No, we thank God for 131 first-time guests that came. And what an amazing, amazing privilege that is. Um, <clears throat> there, there are some churches that, that, that they don't hardly ever see any first-time guests. Really, that, that's the truth. Um, I, don't, I don't know how well-traveled you all are with churches. Um, I, I spent a year, almost a year and a half traveling to churches. And, and I, I know for a fact that there are many, many churches uh, that it's very rare for them to see a guest. In fact, when Melissa and I were traveling... We would go sometimes, to, to, sometimes go to large churches. In fact, when I go travel in January, I'll be speaking at probably two or three churches that auditorium seats well over 1,000 people. Now, we go to some churches that their auditorium seats about what we seat in here, and they, we may have more people uh, today than that the, what they'll have, um, which is not, that's not a cut on them. That's just the reality. Some churches are in rural small areas. Um, some churches are in more metropolitan areas where more people live. Some churches, the reason they're not growing is because quite simply they need revival. It's, it's dead as four in the morning there, and, and sometimes we would go to a church, and we would be coming as we weren't coming necessarily just as guests. We, I was going there to preach that night and share about our, our work in Chicago, uh, starting a church in Skokie before we moved, and um, and it was the, on one hand it was the sweetest thing, but it broke my heart on the other hand because what would happen is some there'd be some some older ladies in the church. And at that time, Colby was probably six months old, and Carly was like a year, year and a half old, uh, two years old. And they would see a baby, and they would get so excited. And they hadn't used the nursery in several years. Like, no one goes and turns the nursery lights on because they never have babies at their church. They're totally unprepared for, like, a nursery service because they don't have kids anymore. And they're like... And then, and they're like, they're like, they're all the ladies want to like do nursery that night because they, they get to hold and play with the baby. It never happens. Like that, that's why you know, um, you know, we travel around to churches and, and you know, I'd be walking around their stage a little bit, and you, you notice most churches and their stage behind their stages where their baptistry's is at, and, and I notice they got Christmas decorations in there, and that, that's where you know that people aren't getting baptized, unless, unless we're baptizing the Christmas star in the manger you know we're not right so what does that mean that that, that means we're not expecting you know what happens when you don't have guests come you don't expect guests to come and so what happens is cobwebs and dust and things that are old and things that need to because you're not expecting new people to come what do you do when you're having company over to your house you clean it right you just get your clothes out of here we got she's coming over in 20 minutes Let's wash. We've got to wash this off. If you're just if we're not if you're not expecting guests to come, then right. And so, hey, what what's this tell us? It tells us every Sunday in 2016, let's expect guests to come because more than likely God's going to send them. He's going to send them, and when we see them, let's not make them think we're crazy. But you know, running over to them, right? But hey, talk to those people. Talk to them. Get their name. You know, find our social... I'm kidding, don't, don't do that. But, but ask them, do you have any... Hey, anyone showed you where the bathrooms are at? Do you have any questions about our... Did, did you get a bulletin? Here's some... Uh, Miss Sal is really great at this. She'll, she'll give them a coffee mug and a done book and make sure they sign a check of a lot of money before they leave. She's great at that. So, I mean, we, we really... We roll up the red carpet for our guests here. But no, let's expect them to come and when God sends them, let's thank God for it and let's make sure that we know that we notice... That they know that we notice they're there and we're glad they're here. Uh, at our service offerings this is incredible to me a, a total general fund now general fund sometimes that's confusing i was talking to some pastors the other day and, was, and we were discussing some different ideas um and we were saying maybe we need to change this word in our our, our church lingo of, of, of general fund because maybe uh, some people don't register what it is um general fund means basically your survival fund what, what you need for operational fund it's what you need to exist and, and operate normal ministry things like making sure the lights can turn on because the light bill's paid. You know things like making sure that you know power is running to all this stuff. Making sure that we can have Bibles, uh, general fund and stuff like that. Make sure that we can purchase things like this and guest materials and on and on and on. So general fund is the most important part of any church budget because um, general fund is what makes a church able to exist and operate. So what I found happens a lot of churches is that people get real excited for like a one-time gift offering, like a Christmas offering, a missions offering. Uh, we're giving to an orphanage. And all those things are great and wonderful. And sometimes the only time people give is to that. Well, if that's the only thing that church members give to, then the church won't exist very long. Because, cause, you know, the church has to have, it's like this. It's like you're, you have a salary, a budget uh, based on your salary so that you can live and exist as a family or as a person. You have to have money for food, you have to have money for health insurance, you have to have money for car insurance, you have to have money for gas, and all those things. So your salary basically it serves your personal general fund so that you can operate and, and live and exist. If, what would you do if you found out that your boss said, okay, hey, listen, we're cutting your salary, but, but we're going to give you a Christmas bonus this year. So, uh, you know, we're going to give you a Christmas bonus of $500 uh, and, and i hope that 's going to be a great blessing to you, but we 're cutting your salary you 're going to have to love you 're going to have to live off of that that one time gift bonus you would you 'd be like like i can 't even pay for two months of food with this i can 't survive off that so, same thing with churches if churches don 't have a strong general fund budget, and if the, the the individual church family members only give the special offerings, then the church won 't exist very long so so general fund is the most important part of any budget it makes all the other Things that the church does, like special gifts to orphanages, missions, and Christmas offerings, and all those things, it makes all of that possible because the church exists. So I'll get to say more about that in a minute. But total general fund in 2014, last year, not this current year that we're closing. 2014, our total general fund amount was twenty thousand dollars one hundred uh, twenty thousand one hundred forty nine, just a little over. Uh, uh, $20,000 in 2014. In, um, in, in 2015, the total general fund a month was uh, $40,000. So it, it, it doubled uh, in amount in 2015, which is, is a remarkable thing, a really amazing, really amazing thing. Um, and so what happens, because our church gives 10% of everything given in general fund, So whatever our last week, our offering was general fund giving was a little bit down last week, uh, $538. What we do every three months is we take a 10% of whatever that general fund amount is, and we disperse that among three missionaries. So what happens is as our general fund uh, increases, our missions giving increases. It's kind of, they, they, they affect one another. As the general fund increases, the the missions giving increases. So this is what happened in in, in 2014. We were able to give about $2,000 to missions from our general fund. In 2015, we we're able to give $4,000 in missions, which is awesome, which is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Now, I would say that, um, $40,000 of general fund is, um, it, I think is a really great second full year of ministry. It is really promising and encouraging to see that. Uh, we're, we're still quite a ways away from our church having in general fund what we need to be a self autonomous church. Autonomous churches are churches that operate without outside gifts from other churches I don't want to repeat myself what I talked about, but basically uh, Living Hope is still somewhat of an infant church uh, because we're we're very much still dependent upon churches from the outside giving in order for us to sustain our ministry. Now, the $40,000 that was that's come in through General Fund this month, it'll actually be a little bit more after today's offering. I would say that it'll probably be uh, maybe even close to $41,000 um, in total General Fund amount. What that does right now is that is able to, to help Provide for a good bit of our ministry, um, but still, still also quite a ways away from being able to sustain our entire ministry. But how we ought to praise God for that! From twenty thousand to forty thousand is an amazing. I, 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 uh, I talked to a pastor or uh, a, a missions director this week and was just sharing with him some of the blessings, and we were just kind of rejoicing together. And I told him that number, and he just said, "Wow, that is that's amazing. That's a that's a great blessing." Um, and it's a it's a testimony to those of you that are just faithful givers and generous givers to the Lord and to his work. I was, we want to thank you for, for giving to him and uh, enabling uh, his work to go forward. So number next, uh, so offerings is general fund that I talked about. Let me talk about designated missions giving. This is where someone specifically designates a portion of their money to go to missions Sometimes that's from a special offering, like earlier in the year I said, hey, let's take up an offering for this missionary, it's a special offering, Um, and some people gave to that. Sometimes, uh, like Melissa and I, uh, every month we'll designate a a portion of of our giving to specific missionaries that we give to. Uh, Others do that as well. Uh, Total designated missions giving from 2014, last year, the total designated missions giving was $1,050. And uh, total designated missions giving amount from 2015 was uh, a little over $2,700. So um, well over doubled, almost nearly, nearly tripled um, in designated giving amount. So what's neat about this, total missions giving, total missions giving in 2014 was at about $3,000. Total missions giving in 2015 is going to be close to $7,000, from three to $7,000. Uh, that, that's, that's awesome. That's a great blessing to, I know, the missionaries that we're giving them to. The Christmas offering this year, um, was, the total was, was a little over $3,500. In 2014, the total was a little over $1,200. So we, we, we tripled our Christmas offering uh, in, in, in 2015. Average weekly giving uh, increased double. Weekly, the amount of giving in 2015 is a little over $800. Uh, the weekly giving in 2014 was a little over $400. So all that just makes sense from from the numbers that I gave you earlier. So that's a little bit of the numbers side of the blessings. The attendance, the financial giving, the missions giving of our church, all of that is, is, is on a, a forward-moving path, and to God be the glory for it. Um, and let's pray it continues to go forward. Um, and, uh, and, and let's, let's, let's pray that God will continue to bless that. Let me talk to you about some firsts. Let's move now from like the, the, the calculator mentality uh, to more of the, the personal side of things. Let's talk about some firsts. I could keep you here all day talking about all the things that took place in 2015, but let's talk about some firsts. First, this was our first full year using this downstairs facility. Last year, it was about half and half. Those of you that are new, we used to meet upstairs in a classroom uh, that was about ha- half the size of this room, maybe a lot, less than, a lot less than half, maybe like a third of this room um, uh, upstairs. And about midway through, God provided for us to start meeting down here because uh, ETC was gracious enough to let us start using this area here, and uh, our attendance was at the point where we were really needing to, to leave that room because it was just a little too crowded. Another first of this year is we launched our life-on-life our life discipleship, personal discipleship, where uh, a, uh, a, a believer who has uh, some experience in God's word, taking uh, believers uh, through the Bible to help them understand more fully what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We call that discipleship. Um, Joe and Sal and I started meeting on January 18th of uh, this year. We meet at 9 o'clock every Sunday morning. I think we probably missed two or three this year. It's been amazing. They they've put up with me for that long every Sunday morning for an hour. We'll sit over there at that table. We have a, a, a little kind of a curriculum. I hate to use that word. It sounds boring, but it's basically just a systematic guide through the Bible. Uh, and it's anything but boring because we go through the Bible and explain, um, you know, just w- what different doctrines mean. And it's a great thing because we're able to ask questions to one another. It's really uh, a, a neat way to grow as a Christian, uh, and it's more of like a personal. Uh, 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 and Melissa took two ladies through a portion of discipleship this year. Uh, Liz Graver and Edith um, Nadansi, she took both of them through probably about uh, eight to ten lessons of discipleship, and so we launched that, something that we're going to hope to see grow in the future as uh, more new Christians are getting grounded in their faith. Another first, we had our first baptism. We actually had our first two baptismal services. Nine people were baptized this year um, as believers uh, through our church, which is awesome, uh, amazing. Uh, we had six people baptized on March 1st, Tommy Naomi, Joe and Sal, Miss Blanca, and Alice. Alice and Albert are actually in Taiwan for a couple weeks. so um, But the, the, she was baptized. And then uh, on June the 7th, that was on March the 1st when those... Six were baptized. On June 7th, uh, we had our own baptismal service here, um, which we can do often now. Um, And we had three people baptized Uh, Liz, Eric, and Edith were uh, baptized here. Oh, I've got pictures for all this stuff. What am I doing? Uh, I'm sorry. Forgive me, folks. Here's a picture of, uh, for those of you that are new and weren't here for that, there's a picture when Tommy and Naomi and uh, Bruce and Blanca, I mean, Blanca and Joe and Sal were baptized. Everyone that gets baptized, if you haven't been here for baptismal service, gets a I I Have Decided t-shirt to keep to remember their special day. Um, there's a few pictures of the one we are baptized here. Um, by the way, we will be having a baptism service uh, pretty early in... 2016. It'll probably be after I get back, so it'll probably be March, I think, but we will have a, a baptism service soon. Uh, there's, a, there's Liz being dunked, um, and uh, we had our first Lord's Table communion service uh, in March 29th, our very first time, and we really launched our, um, we have communion every fifth Sunday now. We launched that from that, and uh, sometimes it falls on a Sunday. We have to change that up from time to time. It's not like, so let it be written, so let it be done, settled in stone. Uh, but normally, every fifth Sunday, you can plan on the fact that we'll be having communion. Only in rare occasions do we have to alternate that. Um, we started having uh, regular prayer meetings every fifth Wednesday. Every fifth Wednesday, we try to do a prayer meeting where we just pray. Uh, and again, rarely we have to switch that up. Generally, if it's a fifth Wednesday, we're having prayer. For the first time, uh, we participated in the Skokie Festival of Cultures, um, and we set up a booth where we could pass out information about our church, where we could talk to people. We passed out a dozen or so Bibles and other uh, gospel literature for people to read about the gospel, and uh, it was an awesome success. The following Sunday after that, uh, it was May 16th and 17th was the Skokie Festival of Culture. The very next Sunday, May 14th, was Celebration Sunday, uh, where we, uh, we put out the flags of every um, nationality of our church. I think at that Sunday, we had 14 different nationalities, and that's what we celebrated. We celebrated the diversity of our church and our unity in Jesus Christ, that all of us who have come to faith in him, whatever our background, culture, ethnicity. We are all his children through Jesus Christ. So that was an awesome day. We had our very first vacation Bible school this year, where uh, three days, we just invested in children. And we had about 20 to 25 kids here every night going crazy in this room, <laughs> playing all kinds of games. Uh, they had a, a really neat display uh, where they would turn all the lights off and do some blacklight um uh, uh, drama and some, um, some different events. It was really, really neat. Um, again, 20, 25 kids per night uh, was outstanding. For the first time, we went to the um, Skokie Meadows on 4th of July. We had gone before for Christmas. This year we tried to expand out a little bit and we went for the 4th of July and had probably about 15 people from our church family come and help us minister to the residents of Skokie Meadows. Another first this year was that uh, we had our first missionary service, first time we'd ever have a missionary at our church to come and share Nathan and Haley Kimbrell, who are moving to Brazil. By the way, praise item, uh, they got their visas in on the double. They got them really fast. They thought it'd take a long time, uh, and uh, they found a couple of loopholes, and you pay the right guy a hundred bucks and you, you get it, right? It's the way it works internationally, right? I think that's how it works nationally here, too, a little bit, right? Uh, so they're excited. They're going to be leaving. Um, they're leaving, like, January 20th. Like, they're leaving in three weeks. So those of you that are friends with them on Facebook, go on and say, hey, heard you guys got your visa, praying for you guys, you know, praying for your, your, your move here in a couple weeks. Um, Haley's terrified. I mean, she, you know, she's the sweetest girl, um, but who wouldn't be terrified? She's lived all of her life in rural North Carolina. You know where they say y'all, and now, now she's going somewhere. She's got, she's got to learn. She's got to learn the language, and so they, they need your prayers. I mean, they're leaving family and friends and going to a brand new place. Uh, pray for them. We closed our service with prayer around them. That's one I'll never forget. That that was a really special thing to see. Uh, our church family just hovering over them and praying for them. It was really touching to them. They always mention. How blessed they were to be here. Uh, our church family had the first baby born uh, as a part of our church family. There's Angel. We got another one coming here. Be the first in 2016. Here, uh, maybe be the last in 2015. You never know, right? Uh, baby's got a couple more days uh, to get that tax minute. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, but uh, we're we're thankful for Angel's safe delivery, and we know baby-to-be will be born safely and thankful for what God is doing in our church and increasing. And then we did our first coat drive. It's just a few. I probably dropped off about 30 coats. Um, And when I dropped them off, the people were cheering when I was bringing them in. They saw these coats. They were like, "Yay, we got more coats. So It it was uh, really, thank you, all of you. This is just a a picture of a few of the coats. It's not all of them. Um, Many coats that were brought were brand new. Some were just gently used. All of them will be perfectly um, appropriate for those that need them. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Let me close with just a couple other things. Let me talk about some people. Um, What I like to do in this service is talk about people that God added to our church family in 2015. Last year we talked about those that God brought into our church family. Really only um, the Hammonds, Wendell, Thelma, and Miss Mildred, and Miss Cheryl, who couldn't be here today, uh, are the only people who are still part of our 2013 church family. 2014, Miss Edna, Joe and Sal, DeAntre, Kimberly, Kimberlyn's mom, Tommy and Naomi, uh, and then many others that aren't here today. Uh, Well, I guess I should say Melissa, Carly, and Colby, they were part of the 2013, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) church family, uh, kind of by default. They kind of had to be, right? I would have killed them. Uh, No. Um, And there's many others. I'm just naming the ones that are in here uh, this morning. Uh, Let's talk about 2015. I I actually included Miss Tina in 2015 because uh, you you came last year on like December 21st, I think, of 2014. Um, So you were actually 2014, but I included you in 2015 because you were so at the very end of 2014, but we're glad that God added Miss Tina to our church family, and glad to have her. Miss Hewet and Nathan and Issei and Yoel on January, if I remember, right, it was in January. January 18th was the first uh, service that they came and were part of our church family, and uh, it's been a joy. Melissa loves having you guys in her class. Man, yeah, he's doing this for me, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right, buddy. That's right. Superman, right? Now, um, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful to have. Both of you, uh, your families with us, uh, Edith and Henry and Darlena and Blessing and Marzell on March 14th. Uh, Edith and Blessing and Darlena walking from that back door, trying to figure out where in the world do we go in this place. I don't have a clue where this is all at. And um, uh, two weeks, uh, two, two, three weeks later, Edith uh, prayed to receive Christ as her Savior and was baptized in June. What a joy! Right, To see God adding to the church. Um, Miss Maria, who couldn't be here today, Maria Padron, Uh, she uh, is uh, out of town, I think she said. Um, said, sorry she couldn't be here today. Miss Maria came in on a Wednesday night to Growth Group on April 1st. And you guys remember that? We were just sitting right here in a table. She comes in and joins us for church and um, just been faithful ever since. Um, Miss Benny and Miss Sherry, uh, who Sherry is about to be a grandmother. Uh, they normally sit over here. That's why I'm pointing over here. Sorry. Uh, and Sherry is having, uh, they are throwing her like a baby shower today or something. So Miss Benny said, tell the church family I'm sorry. She said, tell Kimberlyn I'm sorry. I can't pick her up today. Um, but they're, they're not here this morning. Um, but Miss Benny and Miss Sherry on April 19th came into our church. Both Maria, Benny, and Sherry, all three of those ladies came as a result of our Easter mailing. They didn't come on Easter Sunday, but they came right after those services and were here. Um, Arnesto on June 21st, uh, he and Tommy were employees together, worked, to co- in fact, neither one of you guys work at that place anymore, right? You guys, you kept us, you left the jobs, no, I'm kidding, glad you kept us at least, right? Um, but uh, Tommy and Naomi invited Arnesto. by the way, folks, that's how this works, that's how this works, that's how church families grow. Uh, uh, one or two people that have a friend or a neighbor or somebody they just meet, say, hey, why don't you come to church? And before you know it, you've got a new church family member, a part of your your body. Uh, So uh, on 21st of June, uh, Ernesto came, and uh, it's been been great to have you, really, man. Big, big part of our church family ever since this summer, and extremely helpful in so many ways. Uh, So great job, guys. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Chantal uh, came on, uh, I think, now if I remember this right, first time I remember, actually, I think you came for the baptism service, in June, maybe. I don't know. Did you? You came for VBS. That's when I know I met you. June 25th. was. That's what I have written down, at least. I try to write down immediately when I meet people. Um, so June 25th was VBS. I couldn't remember if you came for the baptism or not. But you brought your girls for VBS, and uh, we calmed her somehow into sticking with us. And we're so glad to have you part of our church family, too. My wife loves sitting next to you when you're singing. She says she could listen to you sing all day long. So, although she is deaf in both of you. I'm kidding. No, she, said, she, says you're, she says you're incredible. And Elsa as well, too. Make sure and tell Elsa we're glad to have her. My daughter loves her name. She thinks she's the greatest. So, no. Um, love having you all. Your girls uh, are adorable. Glad to have them as well. And so there are many others I could go through, but we're out of time. Uh, but God just continues to add to his church. And... Uh, You know what, I look forward to this every year because next year in 2016 we're going to be talking about other people that are sitting in these chairs uh, that weren't here this year. So uh, will you join me in just uh, praising the Lord and we're going to close and sing one last song. Uh, But let's remember his goodness, his make known his deeds, remember his marvelous works. Is this an encouraging Sunday? It's encouraging to me. I mean, I'm glad I was here today. I didn't have a choice. No, I did have a choice. But I'm glad I'm here today, really. Uh, I don't think Melissa would put up with me if I didn't come. No. No. Thank God for all he's done, and uh, this, I think, helps set the stage for Vision Sunday. Don't miss Vision Sunday. First, because the food's going to be good. Secondly, because uh, the vision uh, will really challenge us, I think. Father, thank you for all that you've done, all that you've provided. Thank you, Lord, for the increase that we've seen this year. We we rejoice in the attendance. We rejoice in the offerings. We rejoice in the first-time events and activities and things Uh, that we were able to minister through. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for the people that you've sent. Thank you, Lord, for Miss Tina, for Hewet, Nathan, Issei, Yoel. Lord, thank you for Edith and Blessing, Darlena, Henry, Marcel. Lord, thank you for Miss Maria, for Benny, for Sherry. Thank you for Ernesto. Thank you for Chantal. Elsa, there. Lord, thank you for these families. Lord, it's such a joy to serve you, such a joy to be a part of your family, and Lord, it's a joy to be a part of a church family. And so, Lord, we just want to stop today and make known all that you've done this year, to remember your marvelous works. And Lord, now use this to just inspire us to have greater faith in you, to say what God has done in the past, he can do greater. He can do greater things. For his glory and we pray you would do it lord for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom the gospel of jesus christ we pray next year you'll have added many more many more to our church family so that many more are following christ and adoring him we pray it in jesus name amen if you committed your life to jesus christ today or made a spiritual decision we'd like to know about it please contact us online at www.livinghopechicago.com. We hope you will join us next time for another encouraging message from God's Word.